0: Hello, my name is Rick Pearson, and this is Prophecy USA, a program specifically designed to unveil the hidden mystery of America's role in Bible prophecy. You know, God promised the children of Israel in Deuteronomy eighteen eighteen, I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee, Moses, and I will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him. But what does this verse have to do with modern day prophecy today? Stay tuned. And you're going to find out. Welcome back. Before we begin our program today, I'd like to remind you that every Thursday at 7 p.m. we have a Bible study podcast with live chat answering many of the questions our viewers have. You can join us at our website, or you can send us your email address, and we'll be sure to send you our weekly link and occasional news updates. Just go to mail at prophecyusa.org. In today's society, we have a multitude of voices reporting current events, from Fox News, CNN, CBC, BBC, MSNBC, you name it. We also have multiple podcasts on YouTube, Facebook, Rumble, Twitter. It seems that literally everyone wants to express their opinion of what they see happening and bloviate their thoughts through the new social media outlets. However, when it comes to hearing God's opinion, there are only three sources available to hear His voice. First, it's reading this book, The Word of God. Secondly. It's by studying a multitude of commentaries, lexicons, Bible dictionaries, and hearing how other men interpret the Bible. However, God, at the time of Moses' ministry, gave us a very specific way in which to hear his voice. And that was through the third source of his servants, the prophets. Our program today is entitled Discerning Modern Day Prophecy. So, in order to hone our discernment skills, let's do a quick review of our very first program concerning ancient prophets. And then we'll fast forward to the United States of America as we discern modern-day prophecy. Listen to this.
1: The first recorded episode of Man Hearing God's Voice was the biblical account of God speaking directly to Adam telling him to be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. The fall of Adam brought a breach between God and man, yet God continued to speak to Adam's immediate descendants, Cain and Abel, in both blessing those who were faithful and rebuking those who had fallen into sin. According to Hebrew scripture, man's sinful nature reached such a climax that eventually God decided to destroy all mankind. However, because of the righteousness he found in one man. God spoke to Noah, who eventually built an ark, saving his family for the purpose of establishing a human race, who would walk in covenant with the God who had created them. In Genesis 10, Noah's descendants became the foundational beginnings of all nations today. However, the covenant that God had given to Noah was originally designed to be carried on through his bloodline, initiated over 300 years after the flood by one man who proved to be more righteous than any other descendant of Noah. That man was the Jewish patriarch Abraham. Hebrew scripture gives Abraham the first title of prophet utilizing the Hebrew word nabi, which would be repeated more than 320 times in the Old Testament and continued 160 times in the New Testament Greek text. The Hebrew word nabi or prophet is defined in three ways. First, as an inspired teacher of the will of God. Second, as one who speaks for another. And third, one who foretells the future. 400 years after Abraham's death, the offspring of Abraham's children, Isaac and Jacob, found themselves under the servanthood of slavery in Egypt, fulfilling the exact word the Lord had given to Abraham. It was at this time that God raised up one of Israel's most famous prophets, Moses. After the miraculous exodus from Egypt, it was through Moses that the official inauguration of the prophet's office was showcased at Mount Horeb. It was here that for the first and only time in scripture, God spoke audibly to two million children of Israel. However, due to the people's fearful response of asking God not to speak directly to them lest we die, God officiated the office of prophet for the remainder of humanity. From that time forward, The Lord promised to raise up prophets like unto Moses and to put his words into their mouths so the prophet shall speak to the people all that I shall command him. In this sense, the word spoken by God was identified as the Hebrew word Gala, to uncover, or the Greek word Apocalyptian, to unveil, of which we get the English word revelation from. THE LORD WOULD THEREFORE EQUIP HIS PROPHETS WITH A DIVINE DISCLOSURE OR SPOKEN WORD AS IT RELATES TO NATIONS, FUTURE EVENTS, OR PERSONAL DIRECTION. PERHAPS THIS IS WHY DEUTERONOMY 29.29 STATES, THE SECRET THINGS BELONG TO THE LORD, BUT THE THINGS HE REVEALS UNTO US BELONG TO US, AND TO OUR CHILDREN. AMOS SAID, SURELY THE LORD WILL DO NOTHING UNLESS HE reveal IT FIRST TO HIS SERVANTS, THE PROPHETS. BUT WHAT ABOUT TODAY? What about the 53 ancient prophecies concerning a Latter-day Covenant nation which perfectly describes the United States of America? Some modern-day prophets today are sharing their dreams, their visions, and their spiritual experiences on multiple social media outlets. But since many of their prophecies failed concerning President Donald Trump's re-election, they are now telling us that America is a Covenant nation. God's nation and we are to expect to return back to normalcy once God drains the swamp in Washington. In other words, according to modern day prophets, God is going to judge those who have perverted America's covenant. But what does the Bible say about judgment? And how does judgment begin? And how will it end in this great covenant nation we call the United States of America?
0: Welcome back folks. You know, we're living in some very unprecedented times today in North America and around the world, it would seem that everything that is being shaken, that can be shaken, is being shaken. We've never had a worldwide pandemic on this scale. America has never had our border walls overrun with two million unvetted illegal trespassers. In the history of the world, no covenant nation has ever taught their military gender equality. America has never walked away from a war zone and given our enemies $85 billion in military equipment. The U.S. military used to live by the motto, Leave No Man Behind. Yet recently, they've left multitudes of people behind enemy lines. And no nation in the history of the world has ever been in $29 trillion of debt and still wanting to go into more debt. Governments in both Canada and the U.S. have never mandated to shut down our churches and force people to wear masks while every Tom, Dick, Harry, and Mary enters the country without one. So what in the world is happening? If America is a covenant nation, like modern-day prophets and prophecy teachers are now telling us, perhaps we should start looking into the written word of God for answers. You know, for the last 35 years, Richard Pearson Ministries has been contradicting traditional Bible teachers by stating that America is in the Bible. And because of this stand, stating that America is Babylon the Great, some mainstream Christian TV networks have refused to interview us. They simply do not believe America is in the Bible. And they certainly do not like the prophecies of Jeremiah, Isaiah, and John, with regards to the urban renewal program that God has promised for Babylon the Great. So is delivering a prophetic word to a nation just repeating the normal protocol of resistance from yesteryear? Should someone quoting scriptures from ancient prophets who were martyred then and there expect to receive the same type of resistance here and now? If America is God's covenant nation, a shining city on a hill, as most Christians agree upon, and God is getting ready to drain the swamp in Washington, or in other words, judge her, is there a biblical protocol we should watch for? With reference to judgment, the Bible specifically states, for the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall be the end of them that obey not the gospel of God. So here we see that if God is going to judge those who oppose His word, He first judges those who are supposed to be reading, following, and speaking His word. In other words, before God drains the swamp in Washington, according to Scripture, He must drain the swamp in His own church, and that would be you and me. You know, most believers know if God's going to do something big, He will first reveal it to His people. Amos 3.7, Surely the Lord will do nothing, but He reveals His secrets unto His servants, the prophets. Modern-day prophets and prophecy teachers state that America is a covenant nation, but cannot be found in Scripture. Last week on Prophecy USA, we learned that certain signs would happen if the covenant nation of Israel refused to follow God's voice. You know, those signs seem to be happening not only around the globe, but specifically in the USA. Let's look at current events, and then what the prophets wrote. Are the signs pointing to global prophecy? Or are these things just coincidences? Number one, we have a worldwide pandemic. Deuteronomy says, The Lord shall make the pestilence cleave unto thee until he have consumed thee from off the land, whether thou goest to possess it. This is what happens when a nation falls out of covenant with God. So is this global pandemic and, of course, the mandated vaccine, a forerunner of things to come? What about the walls of a covenant nation who has broken covenant with God? Thy high and walls come down wherein thou trusted throughout all thy land, and he shall besiege thee in all thy gates throughout all thy land, which the Lord thy God hath given thee. While the U.S. military teach their soldiers gender equality, the most powerful nation on the earth runs from one of the most minute evil terrorist organizations on the planet, with people hanging onto planes, begging them not to leave. Women hand their babies over fences because they know exactly what the Taliban are going to do. The ancient prophets foretold the mighty men of Babylon have forborne to fight, fight, and their might hath failed because they became as women. The Lord shall cause thee to be smitten before thine enemies. So when a covenant nation recklessly, carelessly, and without any mercy leaves innocent men, women, and children behind to be persecuted, what does Scripture warn? The Lord is with you while ye be with Him. And if you seek Him, He will be found of you. But if you forsake Him, He will forsake you. Jesus warned us, Inasmuch as ye you, you have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, you've done it unto me. Meanwhile, progressive politicians defund the police, leaving innocent people at risk. Crime escalates. Criminals are being released from jail with no bail just to do more crimes with no penalties. Oddly enough, those in power believe it's time to create the greatest spending bill, not only in the history of the nation, but in the history of the world, putting the next generation of children under the curse of massive debt. The future results being, the rich will rule over the poor and the borrower will be slave to the lender. If you obey my voice... Thou shalt lend unto many nations, and thou shalt not borrow. So all of these warnings come from the writings of ancient prophets. God will never break His covenant with a nation who is in covenant. But what happens when the nation who began in covenant breaks away from covenant protocol with God? Will God send messengers to warn the nation? Or will He send messengers to appease the people and tell them that they have nothing to worry about? Does God fulfill His covenant by actually judging the nation that breaks covenant? Or does He just wink and make void His written word? And how do you know whose voice to listen to? What did the Old Testament prophets experience when they delivered a word that God was trying to say but the people just refuse to hear it. Now, those who see judgment coming are called gloom and doomers. But what about the ancient prophets who wrote these prophecies? Were they gloom and doomers? Or were they just following biblical protocol of God's written word? What can we learn from the history then and there to help us test the spirits here and now? 1 John 4, 1-8 says, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try or test the spirits, whether they're of God. Isaiah prophesied in the 8th century B.C. and brought truth to power under several different kings and countries in his lifetime. He began his ministry as a priest. However, he entered his prophetic ministry when he claimed that an angel touched his mouth with a coal from off the altar of God. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar, and he laid it upon my mouth. You know, never before or after has anyone been called exactly like Isaiah. It was a unique, one-of-a-kind experience, exclusively designed for Isaiah's task at hand, enabling him to deliver a prophetic word to his generation. And according to his track record, he most definitely delivered God's sure word of prophecy. Many times in the Old Testament, prophets utilized symbols in their preaching. These acts were signs and wonders given to the prophets by God in order to get the message across to the people. It was a dramatic sign or display that would draw people's attention toward the word that the prophets were given. In Isaiah 22.4, the prophet Isaiah was instructed to loose the sackcloth, sackcloth from off thy loins. He was to walk naked and barefoot for three years, wearing only a loincloth. This was a prophetic sign of the fall of Egypt to the nation of Syria. In his lifetime, Isaiah prophesied the destruction of multiple countries and cities, many of which came to pass during his lifetime. However, Isaiah prophesied differently than other prophets of his day. In his prophecy of the coming Messiah, his word contradicted that of the coming king. Instead, the infamous description of a suffering servant was totally fulfilled 750 years later When Jesus Christ was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. He was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. And how did Isaiah's contemporaries respond to Isaiah's ministry? According to the Jewish Midrash, he was found hiding in a cedar tree and sawed through at the command of his grandson, King Manasseh. Hebrews picks it up and says they were stoned, they were sawn asunder, they were tempted, they were slain with the sword. But before his death took place, Isaiah prophesied about a great nation that would rise up in the last days. It would be the wealthiest, most powerful nation known to mankind, and a nation that would fall out of covenant with God and be deposed in one day by weapons of warfare unknown at the time of his prophecy. The question is, if God's doom and gloom prophet had tremendous opposition when he wrote those prophecies then and there, should we expect the same religious rejection for pointing out their fulfillment today in the here and now stay tuned because isaiah was not alone when it came to prophesying the destruction of both israel and babylon the great
1: two thousand years ago innocent blood was shed for you but will america come back will she seek god's forgiveness or will she suffer his judgment prophecy usa proudly presents a study guide addressing America's spiritual state of the union concerning her past, present, and future role in Bible prophecy. Call right now with your donation of $20 or more to receive your copy. 1-888-306-1759 Or go online to prophecyusa.org right now.
0: Welcome back. We just learned what powerful government religious forces did to Isaiah the prophet who prophesied doom and gloom accurately to the covenant nation of Israel. However, just because you kill a prophet does not mean you have stopped the flow of God's Spirit to speak to His people. Close to 100 years before Isaiah, approximately 850 B.C., we find another lone wolf, gloom and doom prophet by the name of Micaiah. King Ahab was the king of Israel. He was married to the infamous Queen Jezebel, who was a rampant devotee and promoter of Baal worship in the covenant nation of Israel. King Ahab wanted to go to war and reclaim the city of Ramath gilead which was taken by Assyria years previously. Ahab called on his 400 government-sponsored prophets to give him direction. They told the king exactly what he wanted to hear. Israel was a covenant nation. God would never break His covenant with Israel. The Lord shall deliver the city into thy hand, O king. Then the king of Israel gathered the prophets together about 400 and said unto them, Shall I go, or shall I not? One prophet of the king on the king's payroll by the name of Zedekiah even made horns as a sign that the king would push the Assyrians and consume them. However, one doom and gloom prophet by the name of Micaiah, who understood the full counsel of God, that God's covenant brings blessings or curses, gave the king a different word that he did not want to hear. He told the king in no uncertain terms that if he went to battle, he would most definitely be killed. And at that point, it so angered the drama queen prophet Zedekiah, that he literally slapped Micaiah in the face while the king in turn put Micaiah in prison. The word says, but Zedekiah smote Micaiah on the cheek and said, which way went the spirit of the Lord from me to speak unto thee? Well, as God's covenant protocol would have it, the king was killed in battle fulfilling Micaiah's doom and gloom prophecy, exactly as Baal worshipers have learned throughout every generation. Four hundred professional prophets and one drama queen got it wrong. But one authentic prophet who wanted to feed the sheep instead of fleece the flock, he got it right. Of course, it wasn't too long before that incident, that Elijah was used to thin the herd, when after calling down fire on Mount Carmel, he single-handedly performed a head removal ceremony for 450 of Jezebel's prophets of Baal. Apparently, Elijah not only prophesied doom and gloom, the Lord literally used him to carry out his own prophecies. Now this all happened a 100 years before Isaiah's ministry and his execution. But little did the spirits of Baal understand that God was already in the process of sending more voices to fight their ongoing plans. Jeremiah was called approximately 630 B.C. And God had informed him that before he was formed in the womb, he was sanctified and ordained to be a prophet unto the nations. At his 640 B.C. inauguration into the prophetic ministry, Jeremiah was touched by an angel and ordained to foretell future events. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said unto me, Behold, I have put my words in thy mouth. Now, Jeremiah was used to dramatically proclaim Israel's judgment by the nation of Babylon. He was instructed by God to make bonds and yokes and put them upon thy neck. This sign was an object lesson for Israel and neighboring countries to warn them that they were coming under the yoke of the Babylonians. Baal worship was rampant in the covenant nation of Israel, and due to years of killing their own children, they had crossed the line of God's covenant. Jeremiah understood the tipping point that the nation had filled Jerusalem with innocent blood, which the Lord would not pardon. Can you imagine being in leadership of Israel and seeing this prophet walking around with a yoke on his neck? What would we think about that today? The professional prophets denounced Jeremiah as a doom and gloom messenger. They proclaimed that Israel would defeat this enemy Babylon. Hananiah a contemporary modern-day prophet, boldly broke the yoke off Jeremiah's neck, denouncing Jeremiah's word. Both king and the crowds of itching-ear Israelites probably cheered in delight. However, because Hananiah made the people trust in a lie, eight weeks later, the Lord quickly ended his ministry and his life. The Lord warned Jeremiah, just as he does in every generation, that prophets who want to prophesy the word of the Lord should at least read the word of the Lord before they prophesy it. Jeremiah was told, Hearken not unto the words of the prophets that prophesy unto you. They make you vain. They speak a vision of their own heart and not out of the mouth of the Lord. I've not sent these prophets, yet they ran. I've not spoken to them, yet they prophesied. But if they'd stood in my counsel and had caused my people to hear my words then they should have turned them from their evil way and from the evil of their doings. The covenant nation of Israel was eventually ransacked by their Babylonian enemies, but not until they slew the sons of Zedekiah before his eyes, put out the eyes of Zedekiah, and bound him with fetters of brass. Meanwhile, Jeremiah was delivered from the cistern King Zedekiah had cast him into, and he later moved to Egypt, where eventually his own people stoned him to death. So what have we learned from the Scripture today? Not everyone who says, thus says the Lord, is speaking for the Lord. Every generation has those who prophesy, and others who just prophely. These prophets of doom and gloom, Isaiah and Jeremiah, are the same prophets who wrote the 53 descriptions of the latter-day nation of Babylon the Great. They wrote to us warning that this covenant nation of Babylon will make the same mistake as the covenant nation of Israel. And after she crosses the tipping point, her appointed time of one-hour judgment will eventually come. In the meantime, we who proclaim their prophecies from then and there will probably be called gloom and doomers here and now. We might be shunned, we might be refused interviews, and we might not appear on some major Christian TV networks. However, we want you to know, no matter what opposition we face, we at Prophecy USA promise you we will not be silenced, we will not quit, and we will not fail to boldly unveil these ancient prophecies concerning America's role in Bible prophecy. Jeremiah and Isaiah died in the process of writing them then and there, and it's an honor to validate their fulfillment here and now in our generation god bless these prophets of yesteryear as we complete their ministries by joining our faith with their words my name is rick pearson this is prophecy usa and we're reminding you that jesus christ is alive and he's coming back much sooner than many people think we'll see you next week on prophecy usa shalom